the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to the Love Never Fails Radio Show. Thank you so much for being on today. We have a special guest. Uh, we actually have known each other for many, many years, and our kids, uh, our kids actually grew up together. Um, such a great opportunity to have on retired OPD police officer um, Arturo Batista. Um, he is going to be talking to us about a variety of things, but just to give you a little bit of his background, he actually was with the OPD department for uh, since 1991. And um, started off after graduating from the police academy, came right into the patrol division and has worked in a variety of of roles, including the office of the chief of police as a public information officer. Uh, He's also worked as a sergeant over the criminal investigations unit, um, dealing with auto thefts, misdemeanors, felony assaults, dealing with sexual assault. And also supervising domestic violence um, uh, units and missing persons units and a variety of other functions that are so relevant and and are being talked about quite a bit in today's world where, you know, police reform is being discussed and and things are being um, changed at quite a a rapid rate. And and at the same time, Arturo is a man of God. He's a man of prayer. And uh, today I've invited him on the show to talk about kind of that cross connect of being this man of God and also being a, a member of the police department of law enforcement and, and what God has really put on his heart and a, and several other individuals in a, an upcoming event that is going to be happening. And it's called the Nationwide Police and Community Prayer Gathering. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Great to have you on the show, Arturo. Thank you for the invitation. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be able to share uh, this event and why we're doing it and what we think, uh, why we need to do it. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, one thing that I feel really um, blessed to have in my life is, you know, God has given me a lens to see people as just that, as people, as his beloved. And I think that is important in this day and age, because sometimes we can label people in so many different ways and forget that this is a child of God first before any anything. And and uh, I think it's I'm really excited uh, to have you. And, and we actually were going to have Olga on, who is another officer who are, are near is near and dear to my heart. And to have you guys on to represent um, law enforcement and make sure to bring into the mix here that not all law enforcement officers are doing these some of these things that we hear about in the news. And that really in this time, it's a time to pray. It's a time to pray for each other and for um, the community and to be uh, a representative of light in our community. And so I'm, I'm super, I'm super grateful that 
to have you here to talk about, you know, some of the things that are going on and to um, give us some insight from a law enforcement standpoint. And now as a retiree, so I, I was, I was joking with you, Arturo. Um, so you've been in, in the, on the force, 27 years, you were on the force and you retired a couple of years back. So I was calling him a viejo. Sorry guys. Um, but you know, we're still young. We still look great, right? We're still, we might be, you know, up in age in that retirement zone, but it's okay. It's okay. We're still doing it. Um, but, uh, it's so also exciting to have you on because your son, Isaiah and my daughter, Natasha, they, you know, I even have a picture of Isaiah pulling Natasha's hair. I don't know if he, <laughs> when they're like one, they're like they're like laying next to each other and he's yanking on her hair. So super cute. Um, me and your um, uh, Isaiah's uh, uh, mom um, have been the best of friends for years. And we're so grateful. Hi, Renee. And uh, just so grateful for that friendship that God has created way, you know, way back when. And so it's been it's been years now um, that you have been working, um, serving and uh, in, in your role as in law enforcement. And I want to ask you, how did you come to that um, decision? What led up to you starting in the police academy? You know, many people don't know my full story. Um, and it's a pretty crazy story. At, at, at a young age, I was a lost kid pretty much a juvenile delinquent and actually headed towards that direction. And um, I won't get into the things that I, I, I dove into at a, at a young age, but um, in my teens, well, actually, I think I was 12 years old when I had an encounter with God. I had like mm-hmm. this supernatural encounter at a very young age. And I didn't know much about God. I didn't know much about religion I just knew that this encounter happened in my life and I went on to continue doing what I was doing and, um, and got actually worse, right. Uh, in doing the activities that I was doing as a young man, but my conscience was magnified like a hundred full. And though I didn't know about church and wasn't really going to church or didn't really have a religious background other than uh, Catholicism, like one, you know, Sundays when I was with my parents, um, it, that didn't really have an impact, but this encounter did. And through that encounter, um, I ended up coming to the Lord at a young age. At some point, I ended up becoming a committed uh, Christian at a young age and leaving my past behind. And it was during that time that I, um, that I got in, uh, interested in law enforcement, right? I, I was kind of on the other side of the fence, if you will, as a juvenile going in the other side of the fence direction. And now yeah. my heart changed and I was like, Hey, I want to do something for my community. Now I want to serve my community. Right. You know, I had been stopped from the cops when I was a kid. I had ran from the cops when I was a kid and now all of a sudden my heart changed and I wanted to, to serve my community and, and, and be the person who protected the community and stood up for minorities too. Right. Yeah. I stood up for the kids that I kind of grew up. So I've always had a heart through my career for uh, the underdogs or those that are kind of lost because I was going that way. Mm. And so I eventually, um, you know, went to church and did all that. And then I stopped going to church for many, many years, uh, many, many years, but I, I continued. I went to law enforcement, went to college and then ended up getting hired by the Oakland police department. But I never forgot that encounter with God. Mm. Um, that was always in my heart. And there was always a tug to get back to that in some ways yeah. throughout, throughout my career. Although in my career, um, I wouldn't say that I was um, fully serving God, but what I did have was an experience that I had with God, a relationship that I had developed with God as a young man that stayed with me mm. through all these years. And it was something that God put in my heart. And because of that, I think I was always, in my heart, I always let a room in for compassion for other people, because what happens with a lot of cops is they get really hard, right? Yeah. Really hard. The job, especially at o- OPD, I'll tell you, two years at OPD, it will change your heart and your perspective. It will change you psychologically. Yeah. Uh, it would it would change you. The job just changes you. See, being exposed to certain things, um, you know, you get 
the, the, there's a lot of trauma that happens. I'm realizing now yes. as, as I've retired, there's a lot of trauma, a lot of things that happen. But um, that's how I ended up at the police department. It was something that was birthed in me. And, um, and so I ended up with the OPD in, in 1991. Wow. You know, and I love that you said that, but, you know, God has given me such a burden to be empathetic in this time, to be empathetic towards the most unlikely people, the people that you don't want to, you don't want to be compassionate towards them. And I, and that's including officers. That's including officers that are making very bad decisions because why? Because of the trauma that you just said. Because I think what we, part of the reform that I think we need is to also provide more care to uh, the police officers that are providing the services because why? Because they're human too. And so um, I, you know, uh, this is complex, but anyway, we're, we're going to, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, more about some of the departments that you worked in and some of the things you've seen. I want people to see. I want them to hear about this trauma, about these challenges uh, that law enforcement are experiencing. So we're going to come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Arturo Bautista. He is a retired OPD officer um, where he has held several roles, uh, including uh, working in the criminal investigations unit, overseeing a supervisor for domestic violence unit, missing persons unit, elder abuse unit, um, and also um, most recently was uh, a lieutenant there at uh, acting lieutenant rather at OPD and um, commanding the Oakland Police Department school safety section. Uh, he retired earlier this or in 2018, rather, after 27 years of service. And we're grateful to have him on to talk about a, uh, an initiative that he is a part of called the Nationwide Police and Community Prayer Gathering. Um, and that is hap- that is coming up later this month, right, Arturo? I believe it's this month. What is what is the date? September? Uh, September. 19th. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to fill you in on how you can participate in that and also be praying for the group of folks that have um, uh, have pulled this event together. Super grateful and excited to be a part of that prayer gathering and to be lifting up our nation in this time. And so before we dig into that um, gathering, I wanted to go back to all the roles that you've held and maybe you can just share. I think it's important to bring some humanity to, you know, you said you, you went into this, you were possibly going to go in the other direction. You know, you had a heart for the, uh, you know, the underdog, um, perhaps underserved people that were like you as a, as a kid, right. Uh, On the wrong path. As you've as you've entered in, you said, you know, you also said in two years you can become hard. How have you and I know, you know, you had this encounter with the Lord, but sometimes you were maybe doing things in your own way. So, you know, I I get that. 
um, how have you navigated? How have you, what have you seen? How have you, how has God brought you out of some things? Tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, um, you know, my experience I think is unique in the sense that I knew God, even in my, I guess we can say backsliding um, time, I still knew God. And, and even in that state, God still spoke to me in my heart and in my mind. You know, God continually pursues us with his grace and his love and his mercy. Right? We can turn from him and God continues to pursue us and God continued to pursue me. And um, so I was I'm, so in that sense, it's a little different. Right. When you know God mm-hmm. and the way I managed it, it wasn't it, it, it was hard. I, I made some good decisions. I made some bad decisions. I did things that I, I probably shouldn't have done. Um, um, and I did some things that were good things. You know, we all you know, have our own our own story. But one of the ways that I had to manage through it was to constantly remember um, the love and the mercy that God had shown me. Mm. Because what happens a lot of times is that because you you're in a position now where you are depriving people from their right. In other words, somebody did something wrong and, you know, they molested somebody or they assaulted somebody or they robbed somebody. So a a couple of dynamics happen. Right. For me, initially, it was hard when I I remember when I first made my first arrests or gave Mm -hmm. somebody a ticket. I was like, man, I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, I feel bad. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, whatever situation is right. You got to take a husband out and the kids are crying and the wife is crying and you feel bad. Right. Mm -hmm. So the natural uh, mechanism is to kind of harden yourself. Mm. Because if you don't. You ain't never going to arrest anybody, right? You're right. Never anybody, or you're never going to give a ticket out. I hate giving tickets out. I would never give them out because I felt bad, right? Mm. That was just me. Some guys are be like, hey, it's your problem. You know, I'm giving you a ticket, but I felt bad. So I would have to like, just like say, hey, man, if I feel bad for everybody I give a ticket to, I'm never going to be, be do, never going to do my job. Right. Um, and if I feel so sorry for everyone that I arrest, I'm never going to arrest anybody. So there was a part of that where you have to kind of harden yourself and just be hard and say, Hey man, it is what it is. Sorry. And in one sense, it's it's a way to protect your own soul. Mm-hmm. The danger is that you can't stay there and mm. become so hard that you don't hear the cry of the person. Mm. And I think because I, I, I knew God, I've all, I always kept that, in my heart. I wasn't always mm-hmm. perfect with it. Uh, I wasn't always perfect with it, but I would say the majority of time I've, even, if, even though I didn't feel it sometimes because I had to be hard. Yeah. It was always in my mind, have compassion and, and pray for that person. Lord, I, I feel bad for that person. Mm-hmm. I forced myself to see it in a, from a different perspective and not get in the perspective of, well, you know what? That person deserved it. And that person, because he deserved it, he's a this or she's a that. Yeah. People get into that. Oh, that person's a low life. That person's, mm-hmm. a man, you know, because of the crime they did. Right. Um, and that's so very easy for people that don't know Christ to do that. Yeah. And he said, that guy's a piece of this and deserves that. And yeah, let's throw the key away. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, I roughed him up a little bit. He deserved it. You know, that type yeah. of mentality. Yeah. Um, and thank God that God's compassion and his love that changes hearts. And that's the issue, man. It's, the, it's a hard issue. Ultimately, it becomes a hard issue. You can we consider mm-hmm. all these policies and the policies do manage and can, can control some of the behavior. The heart um, is corrupt and heart. Is mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, that's a different story. It, 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 yeah. it's, it takes over, doesn't it? It clouds your judgment or actually your judgment is wicked, right? Doesn't the Bible tell us that a heart un, uncircumcised, unchecked is wicked. I, I thank you for your transparency, Arturo. And, and so, you know, thinking about the times where let's say you were working on a, a domestic violence or a sexual assault case, we were going to have Olga on today and she couldn't come because she had to make an arrest of a, someone who was, um, you know, charged with molestation, child molestation. And we're in this this 
period in, in, in our world right now where there's a lot of strange things going on as it relates, for example, to human trafficking, um, also to pedophilia, also to, um, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but there's, you know, a, a, um, a toy maker put out a doll that um, when, when you press it, the button in their crotch, the doll moans. And another toy maker put out a doll that when you put the doll in the water, it turns it it's dressed in these like strappy, like almost like sadomasochism, S&M um, lingerie. I mean, it's a little tiny doll for kids, for babies. And then, you know, there's shows coming out on on uh, Netflix that where they're teaching 11 year olds how to twerk and you know, and, and there's another show that's on Amazon that's all about, it's a documentary about how we should, you know, um, understand the condition of pedophiles. And, and there's even a movement to make pedophilia a sexual orientation. And, um, and yet, and, you know, this is, I'm saying this to me, Arturo, I'm saying this to me because I'm the kind of person on, when it comes to kids, I want to sling people up on a, on a, on a tree somewhere, you know, that in my flesh, but the Lord has really gotten at me and said, no, I want you to pray for these people. I want you to pray for these people because their their heart, right? It's their heart that needs to be touched by Christ. Just like Christ touched my heart when I was out there doing some crazy junk. Um, I wasn't molesting kids, but I was doing other things that were displeasing. And so, you know, is that kind of is that the way you've came into some of your roles is looking at these people and saying, God, get a hold of them? Or did you have those feelings of, oh, my God, you know what? I'm setting you up and you're not going to be able to answer this question. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Arturo about this very thing. Did you want to strangle the people like Vanessa or did you have more compassion? Um, and then, you know, did you how did you how did you help yourself to not do that? You know, how did you contain yourself? What really what kept you during those those times when you had to go and arrest someone who was uh, a, a accused of a insidious crime like like um, child abuse. We'll, we'll come right back, and I want to hear that straight from Arturo as soon as we come back. Thanks for listening. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today, again, with Arturo Batista, retired OPD officer, um, who is just sharing his heart with us about his experience and 27 years in service. And also now what he's doing as he and a group of others are preparing for the nationwide police and community prayer gathering. Um, and that is scheduled for September 19th. And so we're going to give you some details on how you can join that um, that day, that gathering. But before we do, um, Arturo, if you could uh, share with us, uh, you know, how did you keep your sanity and your compassion intact with some of these really difficult cases? You know, it's it's not easy 
And, um, you know, when I look back, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had God in my mind and in my heart to always go back to him. And I think that's what really saved me. Right. So sometimes I think about unbelievers that don't have that and how they cope with it. Um, some people are just, even, you know, they, they may not be believers, but the, the personality is just, they're just laid back and it doesn't affect them. You know, they're blessed. Mm-hmm. But other people are not. I, I, and the ones that I find that are not are the ones that are, and it's crazy. They are actually people who have, who have strong principles and morals, right? And they're really good people. And then when they see these injustices, it makes them hard and it kind of changes. It makes them even harder, right? Mm. Uh, as individuals. So I'm, that's what I've noticed. Um, and if they don't have ways to deal with that hardness, it begins to manifest. And you'll begin to see it, right? Any cop can tell you, you know, that's been around for a while. You can start looking around and you can say, that guy over there, ooh, he may not last, right? Or like, mm. that guy is going to get in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And so the departments have them things to try to... Um, try to um, address those issues and try to encourage um, like peer, peer, peer counseling. They've implemented that. Uh, they've in- implemented kind of like mentoring uh, with the peer counseling. When you see an officer that hey, you, he's on, you can tell he's on the edge, you know, bring him in, bring him to the counseling, talk to him, peer group. So they've done some stuff to try to address that. And of course, a lot of times there's that macho thing where there's nothing wrong. Yeah. With I was going to say, does yeah. that even there's, work? There's a lot of yeah. that. Yeah. It works. It works when those individuals respect their supervisors. Mm. You have leaders, and that's a whole other issue. But when you have leaders that are respected, um, and then people will listen to them. Yeah. If you have leaders that are not respected, you know they're kind of looking out for their own selves. They're, they're they're stepping on people to move up the ladder, just like in corporate America, right? Right. You no, know, then people don't listen to them, guys. Right? But if, if yeah. there's leaders that people respect they'll listen to you and if you mm-hmm. tell them you're going okay yes sir i'll do it you know yeah so um i mean you said a lot of things there that 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 brought a lot of things to mind when you were talking about the pedophilia stuff that's going on and the sickening stuff that is happening in our culture i was talking mm-hmm. about this yesterday mm-hmm. where uh, there's a song that is number one in america right now yeah wop and, yeah yeah and mm-hmm. I just saw, uh, was it yesterday, the day before, I, I saw part of the video. I was so disgusted, right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is number one in America. Yeah, says well, a lot. I was like, and you know what's crazy? If you say something about it, you're the wrong, you're wrong for saying something. Like, you're a male chauvinist or yeah, you're, you're old fashioned. Empowerment of women and their sexuality. Right. You know what? If that's my if that's what my sexuality has been reduced to is calling myself a whore and saying the only way that I am going to get a job or a husband is through sex, then that's not a kind of sexuality I need. Like, seriously, even when I was in the world, even when I was in the world, I wasn't about that life. So I I just I, I don't understand, like the angle people are coming from. And saying that these are empowered women that that's not empowerment. You're degrading yourself. You're not even like, even if you were sleeping with whoever, even if you were, you know, why do you have to call yourself a whore? And why do you not see the implications? Like, don't come to me talking about, oh, it's so terrible that the kids are getting sex trafficked. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so awful that they don't know their worth. When you're perpetuating that in your music, in your lyrics, and and you're teaching them how to get a husband and how to get, you know, a career is through sex. Like, really, come on, you know. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm very passionate. As you can tell, I've studied this this song and I've looked at the whole thing and I'm just disappointed. But you know what? Cardi B and Megan. Cardi B was a stripper, so you can't expect anything different from her. So, uh, you know, on one hand, I say, like, I feel I'm angry about it. But on another hand, I'm like, like, again, it's this compassion thing. It's like, how would you expect her to have anything different? That is her experience. And see, and and that was going to be my point that, 
you know, though we see things like that and the righteous part of us with, of God, the Holy, the, the, the spirit of God that's within us and that looks at sin yeah, and gets angered by it. There's also another part of us, right? That should mm-hmm. be a part of mercy, grace, compassion to win the lost and finding that balance, even for Christians, believers can be difficult. Mm. So you will see a lot of, you know, it's okay to be angry. Like the Bible says, be angry and sin not. It's yeah. okay to look at it and say, you know, I don't like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I have compassion and mercy and grace because we're living in a time of mercy and grace. Right. And, and, and to pray for those people and always have that compassion in your heart, finding that balance, but it speaks to our culture. Right. Yeah. It's going to speak to another point that I'll, I'll probably make a little bit later. But it, it speaks to what's happening in our culture, right? And I, yeah. so I brought that up. And the other thing simultaneously that I saw when I was going through Netflix, which I hardly watch now anymore, because TV itself, another another thing that's just, oh, my goodness, right? That I'm finding God is trying to, like, constantly wants me to separate myself from a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just looking, flipping through Netflix, the, the, the number two, the other day, the number, I don't know if it's still today, but the other day, the number two show that was trending was Lucifer. Yeah, I saw so, that. The fact that I'm a child of God, just because it says Lucifer, I'm not even going to look at that. No. Go there because just because it has Lucifer's name and is glorifying the devil doesn't care. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of believers that are looking at, looking at that. Yeah. So I don't know the show, but I bet you it's about, it's about lust. It's about probably murder. And it's about all the things that are sinful, that are within the, the heart of man, that, mm. that, uh, that attracts us to the mm. world. Greed, yeah. Lust, perversion, all that stuff where humanity is feeding into, society is. And, um, and it's, it's, it's scary. And at the same time, Vanessa, we are the salt of the world. Yeah. Right? We are supposed to be called out, separated. We are supposed to be interceding, praying mm. for the world, praying for, for the unbelievers, being, you know, God using us to reach the unbelievers so he can pour his, uh, his grace and his mercy. Can you imagine this? I was talking to somebody. Can you imagine this? And, and it, it can be a theological topic, but I'll stay away from that. But can you imagine if God took every believer and just raptured us out of, out of here? Yeah. No more Christians here. You know what mm. that means? No more prayer, no more intercession, no more in lawlessness will go crazy. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. That's why we're here. I, I, I preached on this a, a week or so ago is that you know, we, we, we're here with purpose. We're not here, you know, to uh, just have a big house and, you know, and sit back with their full bellies. We have something to do here. Otherwise, we can just go ahead and go to glory. <laughs> you know, but if we're not going to do what we're supposed to do, uh, then what's the point, right? So I, I'm, I'm so with you, Arturo. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to come back. I want to learn all about this beautiful event, Nationwide Police and Community Prayer Gathering, how it came to be, um, what you're hoping, you know, what God is showing you all um, as it relates to this event. So we're going to come right back and hear more. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. 
Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio talking with Arturo about um, all things prayer, law enforcement, really the things that are going on in our world that are keeping us on our knees. Um, just praying to the Lord, asking for his mercy and grace. And so I want to talk a little bit about this event that, you know, I saw you shared out has sort of been a it's been birthed over time. Uh, I like that, you know, you, you outline it's a non-political event and non-political platform. Um, it's not promoting one church, one person, or one issue. It's just simply to pray for divine inter- intervention. Tell us more about what this event is all about and how it came to be. It's an amazing story. It is, it is to me because I saw it kind of just develop. Um, when the whole COVID thing happened, we put out like a little a prayer meeting. Hey, let's, let's get together and pray. And, and so we had somebody, we did some worship and then we had somebody share their testimony. And mind you, these are, we started, we, we used um, ex convicts. Uh, one of the, one of the first guys that talked was an, an ex convict. We had another one that talked. Uh, he was sentenced to life. The Lord got him out of prison. Wow. Um, I just began to move. And, and so we began to have worship testimony and pray and God began to bless it. We, we start off with 18 people. And this was, it was open to everybody. We went from 18. The next one we had 35. The next one we had 65. God just began to multiply it. During one of those meetings, um, I came in contact. Uh, we had somebody from New York, New Jersey, actually visit us. Mm. This young lady stayed on and then she found out that I was a, a police officer, retired police officer. She said her, her husband was a police officer mm. and that he was hooked up with a Christian police officers organization from, from New York PD. Mm. And so I visited them at, at one of their meetings, one of their zoom meetings. And uh, as I was there, it was like, God said, pressed in my heart, do a nationwide police gathering a prayer. Mm. And that's kind of where it was birthed. So then I pitched the idea to them and the guy just began to develop it. And let me, so this is where, where, where it's at. Um, we're getting law enforcement together, those Christian officers and yeah. those that wants to join us. And we're inviting the community to come together and to pray for what's going on. Mm. A lot to say about that. Um, let me just say this first. A lot of people say, Oh, prayer, you know, uh, big deal. Oh, y'all pray about this, pray about that. But let me tell you, for those that know about prayer, mm. visions, uh, movement, um, creative things are birthed through prayer. Yes. Realize when you pray, God will give you a, a vision to create something. This movement was birthed through prayer, right? It was yes. Praying and seeking God, and God dropped that in us, right? And so prayer is not just like I'm throwing up a prayer. Things happen when you pray. Yes. Unless you witnesses, you don't, you don't know this, right? And I, I can go on and tell you how many things happened as a result of how many doors got opened because of this, but it happened because of prayer. The other thing is that we sometimes fail to realize that what we see in the material world, yeah. in the physical world, a lot of times starts in the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And the chaos that we're seeing, there's some good... Good stuff and some bad stuff, but the chaos that we're seeing, the evil part of what we're seeing, that started off spiritually first. Yeah. And people don't realize that, right? And and sometimes the hardest deception is the deception that there's truth and lies mixed together. Things are deception, a stronger mm-hmm. deception. A lot of truth, and there's some lies in there, right? And um, and we're not making this a political thing. We everybody's in, invited. We're making it a spiritual thing. We're saying that we need God's intervention. And I personally, this is my personal belief. Mm-hmm. I believe that God is calling this country and specifically believers 
God is calling us to, like the scripture talks about in Second Corinthians, um, to humble ourselves, pray, face, and to turn from your wicked ways. Right? Yes. God specifically is telling believers to do that. And each one of those topics, if you look at each one, humbling yourself, we can say a lot about that. That's relevant to what's going on. Pray, pray with all types of prayers for all different types of things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Seeking God. You know, if you had to seek for a treasure that you knew was in your backyard uh, that was worth a lot of money, you'd be doing a lot of seeking, right? Um, And then turn from your wicked ways. So I, I, I personally believe that's what God is calling our country to do. And I personally believe that if we don't do it, um, wickedness is going to continue to um, amplify and grow in our society. And, and so getting back to the point of us being the salt of the world, right? We, as, as the body of Christ, need to intercede for this nation. What, what holds, I believe, what holds lawlessness back is believers the spirit of God within us that causes us to pray and intercede for this world, for our nation. And uh, there's a lot of lawlessness and, and the culture is very sinful. What, what is good is now evil and evil is good. People call evil good and they call good evil. They call holy, holiness evil. Um, if, you know, and that's, you know, I, you, you can see Christians are going to be persecuted at some point. Right. When when you start standing up for righteousness. Um, And so I believe God is calling the body of Christ to do that. And and we're going to use this platform, the platform that, you know, because I was in law enforcement. God, if God wants to use that, hey, I'll use that venue to get that message across. And, you know, and and really officers, the position of of that person, it's an ordained position. You know, the, the. there are ministers of God, right? If they're, if, if, they're, if they're applying the law justly and, and they're doing the right thing, right? It's, it's an ordained position of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to pray for the, those positions as well. I would imagine that the officers are feeling um, also have their own trauma, their own feelings right now, their own fears right now with the lawlessness that is going on. And I know that, you know, there's that like macho thing going on, like, I got this, I'm strong, I can go. But, you know, I would you agree? Are, are you hearing from your fellow officers that they're worried about coming home to their families um, in this time? Um, you know, I think it depends on the officer. I think there is a lot of that. I think um, a lot of stuff perpetuates the us against them mentality. Right. Um, it perpetuates it. Right. A, a lot of stuff does um, instead of instead of bringing, you know, people together and seeing, OK, let's how do we build? How do we make a better system? Right. Understanding each other. It, it, um, I think it perpetuates us against them. And then it, and now it's like, hey, I got to protect my family now because now I'm being threatened. Target, right now I'm going to be hated on. I know when I, I even it happened to me in the, uh, right before I retired, I, I had what we call a take home car. Mm. You're assigned to a certain units and you're on, on call. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you, you get a car, some assignments, right? Cause mm-hmm. you're on call and they can call you and you get in your car and you go. Well, I, even in front of my house, my car got aged a few times. I had like mm. two, three incidents where my police car, it was an mm-hmm. car car. Somebody came was throwing eggs at it. Right? Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, part of me, of course, got ticked, right? Yeah. And I was like, man, if I catch somebody, you know, the flesh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and another part of me was like, wow, really? These people yeah. don't even own me, right? Yeah. So that is a real, a, a, a real issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real issue. And I think the, you know, and I love that you said it can, it creates this us versus them instead of unity. Um, and, you know, the Lord, the God's word tells us he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. And so those are things that we want to be praying over officers as well, that they're not, you know, afraid um, in this season. And also, like you said, not in the flesh, you know, being angry, but sinning not, you know, it's just, there's so much going on. And like you said, 
prayer, 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 prayer. My people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and restore their land. We'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, have been having a great conversation with Arturo Batista, retired OPD officer and a man after God's heart who's wanting to launch a prayer initiative here, who is launching a prayer initiative throughout the nation amongst police officers and um, those in our community who want to join Uh, So grateful to you, Arturo, for being willing to be used by God in this way. Thank you for that. And thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah. And so how can people get involved uh, with the national prayer, uh, nationwide police and community prayer gathering? How can people get involved with that? So people can get involved. But let me say this. um, So once again, this prayer gathering is not for a political thing. It's not uh, to give any particular person a platform. So we're really uh, organizing it where uh, it's going to be pretty structured. It's gonna, the people that are going to be praying um, is going to be very limited. We are going to have worship and then we're going to go into prayer. We'll have somebody from the East Coast pray, somebody from the West Coast pray, uh, prayers of agreement. And then after that, we'll go on silent mode and we'll have everybody pray to get uh, silent. So we're, we're thinking it's going to be about an hour. So it's not a political thing. It's not, we're not going to allow, you know, we're going to try to our best to prevent people trying to come over and, and, and make it a platform for their issue or for their agenda. This is strictly a spiritual business, right? Yeah. People can join, um, I believe you're going to put it on your link. There's a Zoom code. You can go either through Zoom or you can go through a Facebook Live. Under Facebook Live, we created a page which is uh, called United Believers uh, Pray for the Nation Gathering. Okay. Um, and that's the, the Facebook page. Um, so you can watch it live on Facebook. We'll be linking Zoom and Facebook together, or you can log on to Zoom. We are going to have what we're calling uh, Zoom bouncers, if you will. Uh, we have a team that, you know, if people do come in and try to um, disrupt, uh, we'll have people being bounced out of Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We, we open it up to the public and we're just like, hey, man. You know, we're, you know, somewhere against like, don't do that. You're going to have people disrupting that. You know what? It's in God's hands. We live in, in a chaotic world and, and you know what? It is what it is. And we're still going to pray. And if we have people, we'll just get them out. We're not, you know, we want people to come in and, and, and participate. And yeah. so we're taking that risk and it's in God's hands. And so the it, people are invited to log in and just, and just to pray. Uh, Amen. Community and it's the police. It's not just the police. It's the community and the police together reaching out and, and knocking on heaven's door, if you will. Amen. I love it. Ooh, awesome. Well, I am so proud of you guys. Um, so grateful for, for you. And I hope to be a part of it on the 19th and just be listening in in agreement. Uh, I also want to share a couple more updates. So this week, as you all know, we opened our third home. So we now have 
25 beds that are housing women and children that are exiting human trafficking. And um, we are in need, still in need of many things. And so we are asking if you would um, consider donating to us at this time so we can get, you know, just all the little things that you need, you know, rugs and lamps and food to fill the fridge, the third refrigerator and all of that stuff. So if you would like to support the house, uh, you can do that by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash donate. Um, We are also looking for um, those of you who want to be a consistent supporter of ours to become members. And you can do that on the donate page as well. You can become a member and that's anywhere from $12 a month on up to, I think there's a hundred dollar a month membership. Um, depending on what you, you know, you can afford. So we love your support in that way. Um, also wanted to mention that I have been asked quite a bit to do um, some educational pieces for um, parents um, to learn more about some of the things that I mentioned earlier today, some, you know, some of the things that are happening on our media, on the social media, the apps, you name it. And so if that's something that you think a community of parents uh, uh, that you are connected to would benefit from, reach out to us. Um, you can reach me at Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. Um, we can discuss how I can be of assistance. And then lastly, um, we want to remind you that our store, our community store is still open online. It's store.loveneverfailsus.com. Super nice stuff and um, all available online throughout this sort of COVID shutdown so that we can continue to support the, the vulnerable um, people that we support. Oh, one last thing. We do have our IT Academy starting off on the 24th of September. It is Google IT. It will go from the 24th through December. Sign up at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. All right. Well, if you haven't heard it before, uh, perhaps you need to hear it again. We want to make sure that you know right here, right now, we want to make sure you know that you are loved. Have a blessed day. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.